Hi, this is Yolanda Brinkley, creator and executive director of Diversity in Cannes, the independent film movement promoting inclusion at the Cannes Film Festival. This, this, is, this is Diversified, Diversified game, 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 game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. It's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, this one is going to be a pleasure and a breeze to do because I've known about this festival. I have spoken to this uh, PR czar when we were all like, you know, trying to get in there and find um, our way and find other folks who like other PR people. But I have Miss Yolanda Brinkley, who is the founder of Diversity at Cannes. If you don't know about the Cannes Film Festival, Google it. You can learn about it and learn about the diversity and how she has pushed for years to say we need more diversity. And she's created, you know, a um, her own event with the support of Cannes. Hope I don't say too much and say it wrong, but Yolanda, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I am doing great, Kellen. Thanks so much for having me. And before we get started, it is diversity in Cannes, not at Cannes. And no, we do not have the support of the Cannes Film Festival. We've just been going in there, kicking down doors, creating tables for ourselves on the ground in Cannes. Okay, I was being nice in case they gave you a check and said, you know, this is your spot. But tell us, why you even created this because you come from you know the u.s to go overseas and you're fighting for diversity for everybody who's in film at this major festival so give us the game on why you started this so very briefly the backstory is this as an undergraduate i studied in Cannes at the college international of Cannes. that's when i first learned about the Cannes film festival not having any experience in the film industry at all it i always studied in the fall the festival happened in the spring so I vowed to myself that one year i would go to the festival when i had more money when i had more time in 2008 i severed with my corporate i severed with corporate america and in uh, march or february of 2009 i literally was sitting in my spare bedroom chilling watching something on tv and i sat up and i was like oh you can go to can so i started doing the research and you had to be a part of the film industry in order to attend the festival so then i created a company yrb international exposure i added the international because i was going to go to can i did i had done some work for doreen spicer who is the co-creator of the proud family she wrote the disney movie jump in jump in jump in and I had done some work for her so i was able to put that on on the the file and everything and i got approved for accreditation so i went i attended super excited i know french i know the language i know the city even still when i got there i felt like an outsider i didn't know because of race or 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 the fact that i was a novice in the film industry but i felt like an outsider prior to leaving though two friends of mine said yolanda do not come back here without any footage i'm like footage or what i don't even have a video camera like what are you talking about so they 
loaned me their video camera said don't come back here with footage so in good old yolanda fashion i just walked up on people who look like me all the black people like hey what you doing here what's going on with my video camera where you from and everyone for the most part were there um, in the short film corner or going to the market but when i asked them hey um how do you get into the parties how do you get to walk the red carpet no one knew anything like nobody knew shit right it was like uh well you just have to be in the right place at the right time oh you know i was with a friend and they gave me a ticket and all kinds of things but nobody really knew anything and so i'm i enjoyed the rest of my time because the backdrop is beautiful the mediterranean sea is um right there the people are beautiful the weather is beautiful and so I enjoyed the rest of my time. And by the time I left, I was like, well, is this the place for me? You know, um, would I ever come back? And I was kind of questioning whether it would be worth it for me. And then I thought about it. I'm like, nobody dictates the place for me, but me. And then the idea of diversity in Cannes was kind of impregnated in me in 2009. And it was birth in 2010. So. Wow. Wow. So just from going to study abroad, you find, I mean, you know, travel is the best educator. Um, and, and you say you know the language. So you speak uh, French uh, fluently. I just want to knock that out for any naysayers and say that's because you don't understand the language. That's why you're not able to connect. So you speak French. I do. I am in my past life. I was an eighth grade French teacher in the Baltimore City public school systems with uh, Teach for America. So, yes, I do. I'm I don't I, I'm going to say I'm proficient. <laughs> uh, OK, well, and, and you guys, you know, she has credentials as well. So for anyone who, you know, might say, well, you need to do this. She can speak French. She's, you know, went to Clark. So that's, you know, the second Harvard of the South as far as HBCUs, Grambling State's the first, um, totally biased there. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, she's gone to the University of Illinois, Cornell University. So you, you see the lack of diversity. Now, usually what happens is, you know, we fight for something, we kick down the door and somebody, you know, looks up or looks down and says, oh, this is a great idea. We want to help fund this because we don't want to look like we're, you know, white supremacists. So what has can have they just kind of ignored you still? Have you been able to kick more doors open? Any talk of any support? Like what is the film <laughs> festival, the major film festival doing for diversity? They've they've ignored me the entire time I've been here. Um, I kicked down a door. So they've ignored me the entire time. One at one point, they were even threatening to revoke my um, my accreditation because I still get accredited through the festival because on my website, I use their logo. So, of course, I couldn't do that, but I had to get an attorney involved. This was very early on. I had to get an attorney involved, Elizabeth Broden. Um, and then I had to have friends and folks who've seen what I've been, who, who, who had seen what I had been doing to actually write letters talking about what I was doing and how I wasn't making any money off of it and everything. So they reinstated my my privilege. Um, and then at one point, um, as a publicist, because I register as a publicist, I could get tickets to screenings and I bring clients with um, to Cannes every year and I could get tickets screenings. 
excuse me, screening for tickets. And then at one point they, they revoked it. They said that then publicists could no longer get tickets for the events. So I've had my share of run-ins with the festival. And just this past year on my own, on my own name, I, I was able to get tickets to screenings again, but I've been registering for the last 13 years for the Cannes Film Festival. And each year, and I don't think it's just me in their defense, but each year I have to prove to them what have I done for the film industry lately. Every single year, it's like a game of like cat and mouse with them. But they've ignored me. Um, in, 20, in 2019, I did kick down a door in the short film corner and I was able to just rent space in the short film corner to screen some of our films so to extend our diversity efforts into the actual Cannes Film Festival in the short film corner and that's the first year that I introduced global women of color and film so that was a short film screening block in addition to our diversity day plans and last year um, a friend of mine who does diversity in Berlin who was actually inspired by what I was doing here well, on the ground in Cannes at the Cannes Film Festival, the Berlin International Film Festival now has a diversity element. And last year, he was in contact with the folks at Cannes and they were talking diversity. And he said, according to him, he said, hey, you can't talk diversity without speaking to Yolanda Brinkley. They, you know, they said to him in his words, oh, we've heard about her, you know, but there's so many people doing different things. We don't know who's legit and who's not legit. He said, she's legit. We then had a conversation. I told him, I said, send us an email. Don't just give them my email address because they probably won't respond. I said, send an email introducing us, which he did, which turned into a conversation, a Zoom conversation. And the woman um, who they've charged with diversity is a woman and she's from, um, she's a European woman and she's from maybe Eastern Bloc, somewhere in Poland or something like that. And then there was a man of Latino descent who was her assistant. And when we, our conversation was very contentious um, and what she didn't want to do was call it diversity. I'm like, well, we're going to call it diversity because that's what it is. And then she wanted to focus on um, trying to think of her words. Let's call it, we're going to just call it low impact countries or low impact groups. So a low impact country, as far as I'm concerned, is a country like Poland, um, all those, you know, those countries, I can't, I'm, they're escaping me right now, but smaller European countries that if you took the person out of that particular country and dropped them into in France, they would look exactly like the French. So ma'am, you're not going to talk to me about low impact uh, countries when we're talking about black lives, Asian appreciation, LGBTQ, disability as your primary focus for diversity and inclusion. And then in addition to that, I was clear to explain exactly what I was looking for. I was looking for money for programming from them to help them program. But what she was looking for, she like, I believe that if I had a big budget, like if I had a major sponsor, like a Google or a MasterCard, they would have ushered me in right into the, to the programming because they're looking to me like for funding. Mm. 
Isn't so, that interesting how they have somebody for diversity who doesn't even probably have a clue? I've seen it over and over. Somebody, you know, you're talking diversity and they think, oh, we got somebody from Eastern Europe and so they can talk about this side. But to talk about diversity, you need a little bit of everybody there and actually hear them. Doesn't sound like you were heard, but you're still doing your thing and you've been yeah. doing your thing for, you know, over a decade. So, I have. So how does the film community of, you know, it's not just the black folk, but everybody she just mentioned, how do we support you in your efforts to make sure that your events are the best? So when they do come knock on your door, you can start, you know, and say, oh, little old me, like, what can we do to support you? Because with unity, we all win. The biggest thing that folks can do for us is submit their films continue to spread the word, word of mouth, because without the filmmakers, there is no diversity push. And for me, I'm not a filmmaker per se. Um, so it's not, I'm not making loads of money. I'm not making any money. You know, the event sustains itself. But the biggest thing that can happen is support and filmmaker submissions. And I'm talking about global filmmaker submissions because that's what we thrive on. We are a global organization. We get submissions from at least 35 countries. Each year, our programming is diverse. We have people from everywhere. And we do we do accept people from the Eastern Bloc, Eastern Europe, you know, Europe and everywhere. Africa, if your story is diverse, we want to share it and we want to tell it. As a Black woman, however, sometimes, um, I, I think I'm harder on the black films, um, actually, because what we're not going to do and what I'm not going to do, regardless of how good the story is, is take it to France, where the possibility of it being the only black film that they see, there's any negative stereotyping, any negative um, perpetuation of negative stories about black people in the particular story. So I'm very critical of that for that particular reason, um, just as a black woman who leads this diversity mission. But we we promote diversity inclusion, inclusive from ev everyone, from diversity of thought, race, religion, sexual orientation, physical ability, class, um, sex, age, everything. So the biggest thing that filmmakers can do or, or others can do is just continue to spread the word, continue to talk about us. If you've uh, been a part of our of what we've done and you love us tell you know t tell the world about it and that keeps that keeps you know that keeps it going now you not being a filmmaker you know being a what i like to label us as pr because yeah we're pr people but we're creatives we're artists as well um and you, <laughs> i like that yeah um shout out to um you know, uh, Aon Titan, they, they created that term. I just uh, coined it and talked about it often. Okay. I'd like to know you're not um, making money, you said, off this. So to the young entrepreneur or the person who's been struggling, they would say, what's the point of doing this if you're not making any money? What is your why, you know, for pushing this and putting your blood, sweat and tears into this person? Sort of you know what? It, because it didn't start off as a money generating thing, right? It was just, oh, this is there's a need and I'm going to fill it. I'm global. I'm a global thinker. And it's been like 13 years now. It sustains itself, right? So I don't have to put any more money in. I get to go to Cannes every year and, you know, 
lavish and the beautiful uh, Côte d'Azur, the the French Riviera. So it's like I get an annual vacation of sorts because I'm still working, but I'm getting a workation annually in the French Riviera. I'm connecting with people. You know, when I go to, so the why is, the why is just, it's, it's, it's kicking down these doors. It's, it's so for me, it's like a delayed gratification. I believe that ultimately it's going to pay off big in the end. That's what I think is going to happen. So the money is not necessarily the most important thing. The why is don't like, you're not going to deny me and you're not going to deny people that look like me. And we are going to change the perception of marginalized populations, one film festival at a time. And we are going to diversify. You're going to see us. You're going to hear us. And I'm going to make sure of it. Now, whether you include us, that's one thing, because we don't necessarily need you to come to the Cannes Film Festival and make a make a make a play or make a stance or make ourselves or celebrate our achievements and celebrate excuse me, and celebrate filmmakers that are doing things. We don't need them to give us permission. So for me, it's just like the audacity. It's like me you know, bringing all filmmakers who may not have known, who don't know, and just open them, open, opening them up to the world of the film business, the global film business, because Cannes is a film market. You get to know what's selling and what markets, demystify the idea that Black films don't sell um, overseas or debunk the myth that Black films don't sell overseas, demystify the Cannes Film Festival and understanding that it is possible to attend. It's not this big old intimidating thing, right? And regardless of whether they see us or not, there are thousands of other filmmakers that are on the ground with whom you can connect, with filmmakers can connect and make things happen. And and I I love that. When I think about uh, someone like uh, Rosa Parks, and you know some of the great uh, civil rights leaders in this country, and even around the world, when you think about them, they weren't doing it for the bag. You're doing it so the next generation is so much easier, and that they can come through the door. But it, it, it's not, you know, I'm going to get rich after this because you know Rosa Parks never got rich off, you know, taking a stand. With- well, I, let me just say this: mm-hmm. I am um, in the process of scaling, though. I am in the process of scaling, introducing some other programs still that won't make me rich, but still will almost make it worth my while. Right. Because, again, I didn't think of it when I when when it was first conceived, it wasn't conceived as a money making idea. It was conceived as an opportunity to um, infiltrate on an area that wasn't necessarily um, promoting diversity and inclusion or where diversity and inclusion wasn't the first priority. So. As I continue to to um, build it, now I'm like, okay, I can do this, I can do this, and I can see kind of a a, um, a plan for growth. Yes, and and somebody out there say, well, if it ain't about the money, then what it's about? Well, you know, if you look at uh, Miss Yolanda's background, you'll see she's been around plenty of money before. So sometimes <laughs> people have, you know, chips they haven't even spent yet and they're, they've invested. And that's why maybe she was able to go to Khan and, and, and really, you know, see and explore even as a student. But with, with that, you, with the PR, has it opened up a level of even clients outside of America where you're able to represent people internationally? Yes, it has. And so um, 
what what it does for me, what you know, without the bag, is that it gives me exposure to folks that I normally or I probably would not have access to, right? So let's just talk about you know Tiffany Smith um, from CBS into was have I um, from the PR perspective have I have I been able to represent other people? So I've represented um, Russian filmmakers. Um, a Russian filmmaker, Elena Brodak at TIFF at Toronto International Film Festival, when her film, when her diversity in Cannes winning short was also accepted into the Toronto International Film Festival. And so I have producing partner, even though I haven't produced a film, I have a producing partner with someone in the UK, Jordan Pitt. Um, so it's definitely opened, opened me up to other opportunities, other global opportunities, and also um, exposures that I wouldn't otherwise have. Like while in Can, I met the folks at Tyler Perry Studios, the development executives. I, because of my relationship with CBS Entertainment Diversity, I have a relationship with Tiffany Smith, um, who is the executive VP of diversity and inclusion there. I have a relationship with um, Whitney Davis, who was a former um, executive there, but she's now with Anthony Hemingway Productions. I now have a relationship and uh, sponsors from diversity, uh, excuse me, for Juvie Productions, Viola Davis's production company. So it gives me exposure that, again, I believe is going to pay off in the end. I don't know how much longer it's going to take. You know how they say, you're right there. Don't give up. You're right there. So I'm believing that greater is on the other side. Definitely. And, you know, you're doing the work and hopefully uh, others are coming on and they want to, you know, help with that work. And eventually, you know, there's, when that payday co does come, if you do want to go back and kick it for a minute, someone else can, you know, get the mantle and say, Hey, I got this. Um, yeah. We're going to run, we're going to run with this. My, my question uh, also, we had a little, you know, zoom issue was, can you talk about, okay, you're kicking doors open for this festival. But you also have to deal with filmmakers who, you know, traditionally a lot of them will not have any more money when they come to you for another service. You know, they will. Last week they had 50,000. They just blew their last 50,000. And now they come to you and they don't even have five or 500 or, or even 5,000. How do you deal with that? Because one thing to deal with these people saying you need to let us in. And now you're trying to get the people to come in and say, you need to have money. I can't do all this for free. Like, how has that dance and balance been? So are you speaking specifically about film PR clients or filmmakers that come through diversity and can? I'm talking about all of it and whatever you'd like to share, get off your chest so people can see how the other side lives. So let's talk about the filmmakers and submissions. Just um, maybe about four or five months ago on Twitter, um, a woman, a black, two black women, one black woman from an organization that focuses on micro shorts and another woman chiming in. They want to tell me um, about my pricing and that my fees are too high um, and that I should lower my fees and that um, well, one woman, she, I should lower my fees for, for micro-budget films. And the other one was like, these, these prices are just ridiculous, blah, 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 blah. So sometimes I, I ignore, but I had time that day. And so I told that woman, my prices are my prices and everything ain't for everybody. 
And she wanted to talk about, well, this diversity and inclusion. So it's a, a way of elimination. We got to pay for it. The bills have to be paid. So, you know, again, I, my prices start from 35 and they go up accordingly. It's not for you. Then keep it moving. Right. I don't offer fee waivers because, again, we have to pay for the event. We're talking about diversity and inclusion on a global scale. We can't go there, you know, letting everybody in for free or having our prices low, because no matter what happens, I have to take off every single year. And I've been able to do that. And I do it with filmmaker submissions. I, again, I'm not getting rich. I'm producing an event that's presentable, that's conducive to the monies that we have. The good news is I worked in corporate America. I worked at Jaguar Land Rover. I worked at Ford Motor Company, which is one company. So I know how to produce five-star events. So I know what a great event should look like. Right. So that's the benefit. So you're benefiting from my expertise as well. And I'm not getting paid. So take your little self and go ahead and either pay the submission fee or don't pay it. Because somebody else will because they want to go to the most prestigious film festival in the world. Yes, we are promoting diversity and inclusion, but that don't mean we're broke. Definitely, definitely. So and cut it out. When you say 35, just clarify because someone say, oh, $35, that's it. Yeah, 35 U.S. It starts there, right, for early submissions. And it goes all the way up to 102 after after deadlines. But when you, if you win our showcase, you get mentor meetings with, again, the Tyler Perry Studios, the Anthony Hemingway Productions. You get submissions to other film festivals. You get a list of um diversity initiatives, filmmaker initiatives. You have opportunities to speak with Inhale Entertainment, Nathan Hill Williams. He's doing contracts for you. So if you win, the prizes are far worth, far, you know, worth far more than $100, the max amount that you submitted your film at. If you get it in at the $35 range, then you're doing good. If, if $100 is too much for you, then this is not the festival for you. So just keep it moving. Right. Everything is not for everybody. Um, and then you also get a conversation with Julius Tennant and Kaylin Hunt from Juvie Productions, Viola Davis's production company. Like so, you know, you want folks want something for nothing. And the fact that, again, I'm not getting paid and then I offer I also offer opportunities on the ground like this past year. We had a couple of receptions. We sponsored receptions. And then during the the pandemic and quarantine, we sponsored um, registrations for filmmakers to attend the film market. So don't don't come for me in terms of price. Definitely when it's not when it's that price. I mean, there's uh, hundreds of festivals that are free. And if you're only looking for the free ones, there's a way to filter those out. But, you know, that's, that's definitely not a price to even talk about. And personally, I brought that up because I'm so tired. Oh, I'm so tired of black business looking for their handout, looking to pick your brain and have nothing else to give you except to say, you know, you, you speak so well. So I, I just had to get that off. Your whole yeah, I'm, done. I'm done. I'm done with the freebies. I'm absolutely done with the freebies. It's funny because I do events um, on as well, like as, you know, as my day to day. And I submitted a proposal for a wedding um, about two weeks ago. 
And my fee came out to $13,600 or so. And I struggled with that. I struggled with it. I struggled. I struggled to even write that down on the paper. But the wedding would be 11 months from November to October of 20 of 2022. I said, on average, during the consultation, I said to the to the bride and groom, like, how much time do you think a, you know, a person, you know, a planning would take. So, and I did an average about $20 a month, 20 hours a month at $60 an hour. I haven't heard back from them. Um, but I'm like, listen, and I, and I, and I went out to some other event planning friends to see, you know, my one friend was like, well, I charge two, $3,000, ma'am, if you charge $3,000, that's like $18 an hour. Like, and that's not enough. Like, I'm, I'm done giving away my services. Now, I probably have to find a happy medium, but I'm absolutely done. You take it or leave it. I would have loved to do the wedding. But again, I'm not working for free and I can just stay over here doing what I'm doing. So I, the freebies are over. I've done I've done um, production assistant opportunities with folks who've gone on to win Oscars, who's gone on to win Emmys. You know, when I call them now, I can't even get them to... Um, to um to 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 be a guest speaker, right? Or I got to go through the PR, you know, person to get them to jump on my my program. So I'm done with the freebies. You're gonna pay me what I'm worth, or we're not gonna do business. And that's just that. And I don't. And you know, my my girlfriend says, you know, I'm like, oh, for the connection. She was like, God is the ultimate connector. Amen. A- amen. That that that's true. And you have been connecting people where, you know, my next question, you've talked about it throughout this whole interview, but I'd love to know, um, since it's my signature question, um, what is a community give back that you haven't talked about that you're doing or one that you would like to do in the future? A community give back? What do you mean mm-hmm. by that? Like what you're doing for the festival and hooking up everybody, but with anything that you are giving back or anything that you would like to give back. Maybe in the future, you would like to see the festival, not just at, you know, this festival, but um, even at, you know, Ebony or Essence, whatever it's called. I was going to say Jet Magazine next, folks. Um, But yeah, any type of community give back that, you know, you are doing that you haven't spoke about or that you would like to do in the future. So listen, this is the this is as much community give back as I got to give, right? If 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 they're not if they're not bringing me there, if they're not there's no activation fee like this is my service. This is my service to the global film community. Now, when I speak remember I mentioned that I'm I'm thinking about um the scaling. And so on scale, it's it's global. It's it's global now. So I'm thinking Venice. I'm thinking other major international festivals, international film festivals activate on the ground. And based on what I've been able to do and can go directly to the festivals and say, hey, this is what I've done. Are you interested in what I have to offer? Because I'm no longer um, jumping in and using my own funds to come to to come to your festival. So that's, that's what I'm going, you know, that's the plan. And then there's some other things that have not 
that, that are in kind of pre-production and development that I can't really speak to right now, but they involve awards, um, other awards and activations at other festivals. Well, let the people know where they can connect with you, anything that you might have coming up for the end of the year or new year. And, you know, we will um, listen and you guys make sure to check out links are in the description so you can connect if you have a serious business to talk about. But yeah, let the folks know, you know, anything that we haven't touched upon that you'd like to leave them with. So um, they can follow me and at the whole, the name is Diversity in Can. They can follow us at Diverse, D-I-V-E-R-S-E, the letter N, Can, C-A-N-N-E-S, on Twitter, on Instagram, Diversity in Can, I-N-C-A-N-N-E-S, on Facebook. We are actually... <laughs> finally doing our online competition showcase, the Diversity in Can Short Film Showcase. It's taking place December 3rd through the 7th of this year. We activated on the ground in Can this year, but we also incorporated a hybrid model. Um, in 2020, we were completely virtual. And this year we activated on the ground with 18 filmmakers that actually came to Can with under like three weeks notice, we took over. It was awesome. They are forever my 2021 MVPs. Um, but the online showcase is December 3rd through the 7th. And the good news about being online is that true to our name and our mission, we are able to screen the films of in, in like seven different categories. So we're going to do Black Lives, Black Stories Matter, Badass Women in Film, LGBTQ, Latin Lens, Asian Appreciation, um, Disability, and I think there's one more, but we never have the capacity or the resources to, to showcase all of these films. So while they're all not in competition, we have the opportunity to screen them. And we're screening about 80 films across three blocks. Also, Made in Quarantine um, is another one. Oh, and Religion is another section. And so I'm excited about that this year because we have the opportunity to stay true to our name and our mission and showcase all of these demographics and all of these um, traditionally underrepresented groups. All right, you guys have gotten the game, especially those of you who are already in this game and you're fighting for the same thing. Again, with Unity, we all win. Make sure that you tap in, even if you've tapped in before, tap in again, see yes. where we can help build this bridge. It'll make it easier for the ones to follow. You guys have been blessed by the game. Make sure if you do nothing else, you share this with somebody, it will change their life. Be blessed, y'all. Let me stop recording. Right. Oh, wait, wait. Let me, can you add this? Go ahead. Go ahead. Kellen, I just want to thank you because ever since, you know, I started or the early years, you have been supporting me and supporting diversity and can and trying to be a bridge and connector. So I just want to say that go on record of having um, and having said that. Thank you so much. Thank for, you. Thank you for thank you for seeing us and seeing me. Are you tired of the rat race in America? 
Are you ready to visit the motherland to relax and rejuvenate? Are you ready to explore all that Africa has to offer? Then check out the brand new Diversified Game Academy course, Prepare for My First Trip to Africa. Are you worried about being able to afford the trip? We got you. We will show you how to travel either on a budget or as a baller. Learn how to stress the value of the USD. Did you know that 100 United States dollars is worth over 1,000 South African rand or 10,000 Kenyan shillings or 54,250 West African CFA? Are you worried about taking your kids? Get the game from Kellen Cash, a bona fide world traveler, having traveled to almost 20 countries, several of those in Africa. Get the game on taking your kids on their first trips. Learn how to find the best tickets, get the visas, and plan your own adventures in Africa. Don't let Eddie Murphy have all the fun. Plan your own coming to Africa trip starring you, produced by you, and featuring you. If you are ready for a life-changing experience, sign up for our course today, Diversified Game Academy. Get prepared and purchase at diversifiedgame.com. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.